Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Coffee and Crits. I am your host, Aaron Washington, and I'm here with my co-host for today, Kelly, back with us again, man. Yeah, it has been quite a while. I'm, Dude, I'm, had, I'm glad to have you back at the house, dude. Yeah, me too. And with the new setup and stuff, so you got to see what we're working with now. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying. nice. It is. It is. We're not, like, you know, shouting at a ball. No, 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 no. I'm no. tired of shouting at balls. <laughs> reaching across like a whole table uh so uh we are doing um campaign creation campaign help uh we've talked about a lot of different stuff so far on the show we've done dungeons we've done a little bit about backgrounds we've done uh starting episode games like a a, a episode zeros stuff like that so uh now we're going to talk about plot hooks because a lot of DMs post questions about plot hooks. So uh, just just for some background, um, there's a Facebook uh, DM site called like DM Resources or something like that, which they were already super cool and said any topic I see people are talking about, I can actually talk about it on the show, no problem. So that's cool. You guys are awesome for that. Thanks, admins. But I saw like 10 posts in like a day with more like, how do I get my players to do this? How do I get them to go there? How do I get them to do these things? And I was like, those are hooks. Uh, the answer is you just kind of give up. Because um, <laughs> players never do what you want them to do. Players never do. Just, just give up hope now. Just, just, make, just all, all you really got to do is spend a few days, maybe even a, a week or two, really going in depth with your campaign. Um, make a lot of bosses, make a lot of dungeons, really go in, in, in depth into the, you know, the, the government, um, small towns, large towns, figure out names. You can go to the back of the, uh, the Xanathar's guide for names. The DM oh, yeah. has a lot of, uh, a lot of ideas and then take all of that and then throw it away uh-huh. because that's exactly what your players are going yeah, to do. Yeah. You can put it in a trash can and, um, you know, if you're cold. Because, like, you know, your heat doesn't work during a winter. Yeah. It's a good source. And you're lonely because you work so hard on this and you, you know, mm-hmm. stop talking mm-hmm. to all your friends to work on it because you don't want to give away anything. Right. Because, you know, even though you're really excited to drop these, like, cool things that they could realize, they don't, you know. And I actually have a little folder on my computer and I could name the folder where NPCs go to die. Because important and it, it's people. It's years worth of campaigns, isn't it? Because, you know, there's just important people that find their death in there and they never come back. Okay, so we're going to talk about plot hooks. So, let's just go basic. So, what is a plot hook? Of course, uh, it's been in movies. It's the it's one of the things that make the main character do the thing. Also called a MacGuffin at times when it's an item type deal. You know, we just we talked about earlier uh, Frodo having to get rid of the ring that was the big hook that kind of started the whole fellowship as it went into more and more things. And then something would happen and then the heroes would have to go off. You know, they, the, the fellowship broke apart. Oh man, Helm's Deep is about to, you know, the Riders of Rohan, they got to get saved. Up, oh, the story takes us over there. This happens, the story takes us over here. So what is the plot hook? It's the driving force in a story. Uh, you know, it, they use it a lot in different books and things too, but it's what we use as DMs to get our players to go places and to do things instead of drinking a tavern all day. 
But they still drink in the tavern all day. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> spend more time trying to. I, I, not to go too far in this, but I've had players spend more time trying to make a buck off of their blacksmithing skill than they have just doing the, the a quest. quest. No, I mean, yeah, but like, like I try to offer downtime for that. Like, nah, you dude, you can definitely do that during your downtime. Like, that's that's what that's for. But you know, I want to role play out hammering these nails. Into this piece of board. What do I got to roll for that? No, no, you're proficient. Just do it. Okay, so I get advantage on my strength check to hit these. Moving on. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, when you think of like a movie or a story or something like that, and then when you think about when you're a DM, do you feel like there's a big difference between the two? Between like a book's plot hook? Yeah. So, okay. So, in all seriousness, um, when it comes to, to to DMing and your plot hooks, I think there well, there's two styles I think of gameplay overall when it mm-hmm, comes to an mm-hmm. actual storyline. Um, and there's there's the very linear stories yeah. which I've I've dealt with, and and you mentioned them before with modules; those are very linear. But mm-hmm. um, but when you're when you're when you set when you set guaranteed goals, and your your players know that you're going to tell them pretty much where to go. There's no, mm-hmm. there's not too much into the, the sandboxy feel potentially. There's a lot of like, you start off with in, in a guild and you are hired by the local Duke magistrate King, whoever to go do the thing. And so from the get go, it's like you, your character's purpose is to do the thing. Yeah, and then that end up spiraling into more where yeah, and you, it's very direct and linear. Whereas when you have a more sandboxy feel, it's a lot harder to, to get, get them... your people on track because they're because they're playing their characters how they want to play. Yeah. And so you have to you have to whatever your plot hook may be, you know, go get the item, go kill the person, go save the other thing, whatever. You have to appeal to them as a player or yeah. as, as a as a PC which I think is significantly harder. Right. Like uh I think about it like this um if if your if your storyline is uh starts off with like an like an orc horde as the main thing, right? And you're sandboxing it. So you don't have to confront the orc horde at first. A good way to start that is, you know, during travel there are raids. They see wreckages along the roads um cities have more guards they're hiring guards people are more locked in homes prices of food and things start going up you know to reflect that this event is causing more and more you know sounds like a plague right because if you don't because one of the things is like if you don't handle it then essentially it will become a such a big problem that it'll affect you. You know what I mean? Like right. eventually the players will be like, man, we've been raided like three times by orcs. What is going on? Oh yeah. Well, this new orc chieftain united these other tribes and he's going on the war path. What? You mean that quest we heard about orcs stirring in, right. the, in the mountains? And you, well, and that's, that's, I think the, the difficult, you have to make it relevant to the character. You have to make it uh, appeal to their moral code, make it an obstacle for them to yeah. get around. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, the 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 kind of joke that we started off with though i think is is the hardest part and that's sometimes when you present the plot hook or whatever it is to the players um 
and this I think kind of goes into something that you need to talk to your players about, but it, they've just turned turned the other way. Well, I don't want to fight the orcs; they're big and scary, so I'm just gonna go mess around over here in the tavern. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that's something that I think I think plot hooks. A big part of it is if you're not doing the more direct path of like you are players doing this. Yeah. Is that you need to let your players know that, hey, this is a game, and it'd be really cool if you actually played it. Yeah. Not to be condescending about it, mm-hmm. but, like, I feel like that's a lot of the issue. Because, I, like, I've seen players that are very, like, anti the, 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 what, where, where everything is going. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, you know, as a player, since I've DM'd and stuff, I'm very... I, I very much try not to make it hard for the DM to get me into the story. Like I'm always, you know, I, I just always have an awareness about it, you know, since I've ran games. And so I'm that, like, Oh, uh, there, there's the thing. Okay. Like I see the thing, you know, and I try to, you know, move that, towards it. And that's something that I, I've had a few friends experience because I mean, I started playing a couple, you know, a couple years ago. Um, and, as I've DM'd throughout the years, I've had people like finally decide to DM themselves. And a lot of the time they get, they, they understand what, what it means to, to be a DM. And I feel like we're going way off topic here. No, it's fine. Um, but, uh, but I, I think, I think being a player and then being a DM, you definitely get a different view on how to play. Yeah. Out, and I mean, and that's just the no. It changes you aspect. as a, it changes you as a player because you I mean you understand the hardship. You understand what it what it means. To, yeah, what to they're put, doing to put any work into it, even if it's just everything's off the cuff. You know, it's it's still hard to think of names on the fly and plots on the fly, right? And traps it's, on the fly. Um, that's even harder than to sit there and, and work it out, right? And yeah, you definitely get the, when you when you see it from both sides. I think it's it definitely it, it makes a big difference, and mm-hmm. you can start to appreciate the plots, and you kind of get more into the game. Yeah, when you yeah, yeah. Both sides of the table. Yeah, like I I've often found myself uh, when I am a player at a table, and I feel like no one's biting at it. I, you know, I'll, I'll jump at it. You know, like because usually a hook has a reason for us to want to do it, and that's another thing. Have a reason that your players would want to jump at this hook. Right. Whether it be for the betterment of everyone or if your people are about that money, if they're if you have a if you have a party and they are about loot and they're about gold, then it's a reward. You know, for every orc ear, for every right orc ear, you get this much cash. For every information about the horde, for those who fight the horde, you get this much kind of thing because eventually these lords would have to put up cash to get it dealt with. So it's not like you're going crazy out of the realm of possibility for it, but you definitely need to uh, appeal to your players when it comes to the plot hook, because the big deal between a book and a D and D game is you can't control your, you know, you've got variables. In a yeah. Game. Yeah. At least in a book, they're going to do the thing because you're writing it, you know? So there are bad ways to plot hook though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm gonna give you what i think is a black bad plot hook and then maybe you can give me one okay okay shoot so uh i i'm just i'm gonna i'm just gonna t- i'm gonna tell you a story so uh so we're, we're our characters uh the guy starts us in a, a tavern which is no problem 
Uh, I make it out of my, we start, he actually doesn't have to do too much work because the cavern doesn't have a lot of people in it. Um, so we kind of just, it's a cold night. It's raining. We're all inside from the shelter where we all sit near the fire to kind of warm up. And that starts conversation. So it's not like he had to figure out how to make us start communicating with each other. But so, uh, man comes in in armor with armored people you guys are conscripted to do a thing you have no choice we all we all we all uh, we bucked like <sighs> okay well i'm just not gonna do that yeah yeah like he it was just like it was just forced down our throats with overwhelming amounts of strength and then the 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 p the npc who did it to us he literally, we couldn't fight him. Like, he was just ridiculous. And then it, it comes to that point where, man, you can do this. Like, you don't need us. You're this strong. You can handle this problem yourself. So, one, I don't like it being, like, like uh, shoved down my throat by super strong NPC man. You're, like, being forced railroaded. Yeah. Like, it's I don't mind being on a railroad. You know what I'm saying? Roller coasters are on rails. But don't, like, have a guy punch me in the face and sit me down. Like, enjoy it. Ride. <laughs> have fun. You know what I'm saying? That was just, uh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Vent. Tell me more. No, nah, it was just, I don't, I am, like. This is a safe space. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. So this is just, 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 just a bit Small rant, small rant, small rant. When you have high-level NPCs Mm -hmm. that involve yourselves with their players, there needs to be reasons why they don't get involved themselves. Not because, oh, you, I just want you to do it. There needs to be reasons why they don't. Limitations why they don't. Like, hey, I need you to handle this small task because I have the big task to go handle. Right. Like, it just makes no sense for a level 20 mage to ask my level 5 wizard who just learned fireball to deal with this dangerous quest that could get me killed. Unless he's doing something more important, but like not just there to lord over me and to keep me on the, the path. That is annoying. It makes me rage inside. Or maybe, and this could be a plot hook, but maybe he's asking you to do it because he wants you to fail and die because he needs to do something else with your body or your soul or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that that's awesome, that's but I'm not ta- I'm not talking about that. I, that that sounds interesting. I'm talking about someone just being a tool with an NPC. <laughs> I don't like it. There's no need for it. Literally in in my game right now, they have been dealing with people who've been in power who obviously are higher level mages. But these guys are in this like super close political match that could end up starting wars. So this wizard, regardless of how strong he is, he can't leave because he has to keep this other faction in check to stop a war. He gives them what he can. He helps them as far as he can. He's like, you all have to do this because if I don't stop him, this will be worse. And then that makes it purposeful. He's a resource, yes. He's a place of knowledge, yes. But he is also very much occupied doing something that he needs to do instead of just, "Mm, I'm here to make sure this is my DM stick. Oh, you're 
oh, you, you, you left? He appears as he teleports next to you. Why are you going that way? You all should be heading that way. Why are you here? Because I've been tracking you with magic and I know where you've been. You haven't gone to do the thing yet. True story. That's a true story. I had a... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to sip my coffee and shut up. I had um, Odin one time come in oh. and uh, direct our, our storyline traffic. Now, the fun part about that is that... In the no, All-Father. In, in no way, shape, form at all, period, was there ever any indication that we were in any sort of Norse religion or Slavic <laughs> nation or there wasn't any really there were no Vikings. There, so there was nothing there, there, like there was not shields. Like there wasn't there wasn't nothing that let you know that there was there was a Odin do ruled this domain. Yeah, basically and I, I actually I, I found out what happened is uh the the DM wanted to keep us on track so he thought Odin would be cool. <laughs> and that was the extent of it. And I was like, all right, bro. Um, my example, I guess, of poor railroading. Or not railroading. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, plot yeah, hooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 plot hooks. No, no, no. Um, I mean, tomato, tomato. Let's keep going. Um, is Because uh, constructive and creative railroading is okay. Yeah, but like, but like you just said, don't don't force it down my throat. Um, but uh, I guess my example, one one of the things that it just, it just annoys me. It really annoys me. So when I when I run games, I ask players to create backstories for me, like and like semi in depth. You don't need to tell me because I, I I pretty much always start at level one. So you know you didn't save the village from the bandit horde. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a few came in and you're able to fend them off barely. Maybe a couple died and you just happen to survive. Whatever. But you're not big, bad Uberman right off the bat. Um, but what what happens is I ask players to create backgrounds for me, and then I do my best to kind of incorporate that into mm-hmm. the world. Um, I let them say whatever they want, and I'll, like, you know, throw those into the land. And I, I, you know, this is maybe a fault on my side, but whenever I make characters, I always give them backstories as well. And recently... Part of building the character, especially in 5th edition and a few other games that I've played, Uh backstory or background is, like, officially a part of character creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it even gives you traits if you don't know what your character will act like. Yeah, so, I mean, like, and I I mean... Which I think is a good thing. I think... So, like, Fantasy Flight Star Wars, Mm -hmm. there's no reward for your background, really. Right. But if you play D&D 5th edition... There's a background category that gives you bonuses to skills. Um, Shadowrun, actually in the end of character creation, you create contacts, which you can use in-game, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is going to be part of your background. Yeah. Um, but uh, and you, even a new game, I mentioned it to you earlier, Numenera. Background is actually a huge part of your character creation uh-huh. because it has an open skill system. So whatever you say in your background actually is what you're skilled in. Okay, that's cool. Um, but when I when I make a character and I give them a background, especially when it's a part of the character creation, uh-huh. and then 
none of it matters. I've sat there and worked on this character. I've made it. And then we start the game. And it's similar to what you just said, except right off the bat, where we start off like, oh, well, like, hey, I've done all this, you know. I've built my character. He's, he's this kind of guy. And uh, then we start, and it's like, well, you start off in prison. And I'm like, no reason whatsoever why oh I'm in prison right now. That's so funny, because I actually wrote Making Karis Prisoners... <laughs> In one of the things, some settings, it fits like some settings, it fits some settings, it works. But when I'm going to do a thing like that, I usually tell my players, hey, you're going to start in a prison. Right. So and like for people who will play good characters, I usually tell them uh, we will figure out how you got there. So more than likely, it's like you were set up, you were framed, wrong place, wrong time. But this place just kind of threw you in type deal. Oh, but I get that. Like, it's just balled up, tossed. Yeah, it, it, you're like, I just sat here and made all this stuff for my character because because I want to be, like, this is who I want to be in your game. Right. And then you just kind of take it and I guess it kind of goes back to those two different styles. If I, if you tell me we're going to do a more sandboxy style, I'm going to make a character for a sandboxy style game. Don't tell me. To go ahead and make my background however I want, you know, let you know, let, let, let me know what you're thinking, all this other stuff, and then be like, okay, cool. So you're part of a guild, and you're gonna go fight the bandit horde. And then I'm like, well, why did I just do all of this yeah. other stuff? Yeah, if, if, if like it it, it's one of those things where I feel like when you're running a game, um, let your players know what to expect, kind of thing. And as players, you know, if, if you know. It's because I, I put I make a background regardless of what I'm doing, right? But I definitely it's definitely a difference when you know that it's going to affect the story or not, you know? Because I've had DMs like, okay, make a background like this story really won't reflect them. You're going to be in a different land, so like literally my background will just kind of dictate how my character acts, right? And that's fine, and, and, and not like something that my character doesn't have goals that he's trying to do like right now. You know what I mean? But even then, I think, and going back to the to the main topic here, plot hooks. When you're doing your plot hooks, you need to make them, and we've said this already, honestly, is we need to make them relevant. Yeah. Because if and and this this I I think it, I, I do I'm really bad at this because I I try to try to do a lot more let my character do a lot more problem solving and it doesn't always work out. Um, but you need to, you, you kind of need to have a little bit of clarity in your plot hooks. Cause if you leave them very ambiguous, super vague. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to end up with like, like the, the, the hard part is magic. Cause I like to, I like, I always like to mess with the dreams and visions. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like doing it. It's fun. It's maybe, fun. Maybe I've seen too much like Sabrina and, and lock and key, but right, right, right. No, um, no, no, I got you. But no, I mean, I, it's, it's using dreams and visions is very prolific. It's a really cool way to kind of foreshadow some of those things you may want to happen later. You yeah. know, it, it, I, I love it. Yeah. So, but like, I, I love doing that. I love doing that. Um, or like, you know, unintentional dimensional shifts, like we just weird stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, the problem is that if I don't make them clear, like I want to put like a little secret message in there and I want you to like, as a player think through it and all this other stuff. Um, sometimes it's not obvious and yeah, yeah. I'm like, Hey, you I've had should, that happen to me too. Yeah. You guys should probably go to the swamp and kill the hag. And they're like, let's go to a library. And I'm like, Oh, 
Oops. I guess we'll go to the library now. Yeah. I've, I've had that happen a few times where like, and then I thought about, I was like, oh, they did not, they did not they see that. They did, they did not see that. Okay. Did I make it obvious? Did I make it too plain or did too I, too vague? Too, what, what did I do wrong? And there are times like, well, I'll ask a player like, hey, did you notice blah, blah, blah. And there sometimes they go, no. And someone's like, yeah, I thought that was something, but mm. I'm like, God dang it. I've also, I've also had, I've also done that where, um, and this, this I think is, is the hard, the hardest part about creating your plot hook is making it cause, cause I mean the average, the average player is an adventurer. They're one to adventure. And so the, a lot of the players I end up dealing with go into the game thinking there's more to it than what I'm saying there. I mean, it's a bit meta, but like, that's what they're doing. They're, right. They're right. like, I there I know I'm playing a game, so I know there has to be more to it than what he's telling me. So I've sat there and been like, "Hey, here's the thing," and they're like, "That's too obvious," and I'm like, "No, it's not. It's right. <laughs> Please take it and go." And they're it, like, no, it "This is, is too easy. This, this is the thing. It actually is what I want to give you. It's the it's what you need. It's it's I'm, it, it's here on a silver platter." I, it's it. This is it's part of the plot. This is my MacGuffin. Take it because once you take it, that'll lead into other things down the road. But you need to do this thing first. And they're like, "This is too simple. I don't want to do that. I'm gonna go to the left." And I'm like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> and now we're sitting here, and now I got to figure out what was ordered to the left because, and that's the, the the hard part too, is because normally if there's a dungeon you want to kind of put your people in, you can just kind of be like, "Oh." It was over there, and I'm just gonna put it over there instead because you didn't pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm like presenting you with a thing, and I'm like, "This is in that specific location. Just please go over there and do that little thing in that little location, and it'll be okay." And they go opposite direction. I'm like, "Well, especially if I provided a map, and it's like a specific geographical location, like a swamp or a badland or what have you." Mm-hmm. I can't be like, "Oh, as you're walking to the capital city, you come across a badland," and they're like. Where's it at? <laughs> I don't see it on the map. I'm like, oh, it's it's weird. Now it's it's magical. And then you know they're like, well, if it's magic, they can ch- they can terraform. I don't want to mess with it. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, they're this strong. We have no chance in their domain. No, nah, it's uh, who I under- I understand that. So like we we've already kind of talked about it. Like what make what makes hooks uh. Hard, and then we talked already. Kind of bled into what makes them easy to use, what makes them understandable, what makes them uh, good. Uh, we've already talked about like incorporating character wants and goals into it. Uh, we've talked about adding like uh, elements from their their backstories into the the plot hook, kind of making them want it. We've gone into uh, progression, like. Okay, now that you know that all this stuff is happening, it kind of like all roads kind of now lead to Rome. Like you realize like this is the thing that's ahead. It's coming kind of like you need it has to be dealt with Um, sense of impending. But even even then, like there are just some characters. So this is not my D&D story. This is uh, Mike's D&D story. Who's for those who don't know, he's the one who did the making the dungeons with me. Uh, So. Mike ran a game and he's, he's ran this same story multiple, uh, multiple times. It's like, it's really big kind of epic adventure. We've both played in it, uh, before, uh, different times than once at the same time. 
So he was he was apparently running it at the guild um, on a Monday, and he had a group. And so the the big bad guy revealed himself as the big bad guy finally, and uh, he kidnaps an NPC that's been helping them the whole time. They have an item that he wants, and he just nukes the city. And he's like, bring me the item, you get the girl, and I'll stop doing this. Uh, so Mike clearly expected them to take some time prepared to march on this dude's domain and get it done. They didn't go. So the week he gave them completely passes. He nukes another city. So they decide, okay, we're going to make a copy of the magic item. I'm like, okay, that's something that, that that's thinking, right? They still don't go next week. He has to, so Mike actually has to start sending them pieces of their NPC's companion's body parts, plus Nuka City every week. And then I think he ended up going like every three days, he started blowing up cities until they finally, Mike was like, he blew up like, like a good quarter of the map before they actually went into the place. Cause it's like for no other reason, they just kept, nope, we're not going in there. And I'm like, why? Why? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I'm like, I mean, it's a game. You're adventurous. You're the heroes. Go hero. A thing. So I think that, I think you, 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 I think you brought up a good point without maybe intentionally doing it. Um, Cause from the sound of it, based on never being there and have no other context idea, clues. Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. Than what you said, it almost sounds like they were trying to level up. Uh huh. And because this is something that I struggle with when we do anything with Nick as, as the DM slash GM. Um, and, and Nick, I really hope that you listen to this episode. I really hope he listens to this episode. So Nick, for those of you who haven't heard, is notorious for just going hard mode on everything, which is fine because it usually requires a lot of like thinking intact. And we have to be like a little, definitely have to be more tactical in this game. But, but the problem is, is that a lot of the time when it comes to games like this and it comes to tactics, Tactics are all based on a role at some point or another in some right. facet. The roles matter. So if I'm like, like, oh man, there's a thing behind him that's giving him power. If I disrupt it, then he'll still be powerful, but not as powerful. I'm going to try to ricochet a arrow or, you know, I've got magic missile. I'm just going to magic missile it, you know, because magic missile always hits, right? Well, if magic missile always hits, but for some reason this guy like gets in the way of the thing, I'm gonna hit him instead. And because he's uber powerful, man, I'm not gonna hurt him. Or um, or when we play Silver Age Sentinels. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um. Oh boy! The the enemies. Oh man, are we are we going there? Are we going there? Hold on. Okay. All right. But it, but it, I mean it's it's important. Right. Right. It is right. It's for plot hooks. I mean, so the thing is, is that. And when we play Silverage Sentinels, right, like, I make this superhero, and I think that I'm doing a good job. And we, you know, I, because I, I, I have to, when we play these games, I min-max as much as I possibly can. 
Um, because I feel like if I don't, I'm just going to get squished. Um, and sometimes you still get squished. What do you mean sometimes? All the time. <laughs> but, Man. But, so the problem is, and not to bash on Nick too much longer, um, but when you have enemies that are just, they just seem, and you thought about this in the beginning as being on your side, but what about when they're on the opposite side? Mm-hmm. When the enemy is just so powerful, mm-hmm. it almost, it's daunting, and it almost seems like, well, I just don't want to face him. Maybe I want to go level up. Yeah. And and then when you put a timer on it like that, because I, I do think I do think a timer in game is actually a good idea. Yeah. I think it helps the group because you know, they're nuking cities, right? But if if that's that's what a driving force is, I need to do this before the bad thing happens again or for the first time, or what have you. But when the enemy is able to blow up cities Unless I'm like level fifteen plus in, in Dungeons and Dragons, I'm probably not gonna go mess with them. Mm-hmm. That's like for those of you that have played Warcraft three, you're not gonna go fight the the demon Archimon with just one foot soldier or even your level one hero. Right. It literally takes all four of the armies at the end of the game to just hold him off to wait for a cutscene to win. So, when you sit there, and I use him as an example because he destroyed a city um, uh-huh. with one hand. Oh, boy. Um, so, but, but that's my point, is that when you make your, your, your enemies just so ridiculously strong, it's daunting. Yeah, like... Mm, mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, Please use a Nick story. Because he's not here to defend himself. Right. He isn't here to defend himself. So, um... And we never talk about previous episodes, so he can't come on here and defend himself. Right, right, right. So, uh... God, I... uh, Even if it's not him, just say it was him. Okay. okay. (laughs) Well, like, when I I think of, like, an an overwhelming, like, you know, enemy, um, or... When your plot hook is, like... Where the enemy always has the upper hand. Right. And you are in a constant um, state of losing. Like when the enemy's the mayor. Got it. Uh, <laughs> of Chicago. It makes it, it makes it really hard to keep the story kind of where you want it to go. Unless you're constantly kind of attacking your players. Right. It, well, you have to feel... You have to feel some sense of accomplishment. Yeah, like there, there's, there's a, there's definitely a, 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 oh god, like I feel like there's a word I'm looking for for this, and I just don't understand because here, because it actually goes to another topic, and we're we're going off, we're going off the the script again, mm-hmm. but I don't like it when uh, I'm level two and the town guard can beat me in the face, and now I'm level ten and the town guard can still beat me in the face. Oh, like dynamic leveling? Right. Like, I don't like the fact, like, when people make every NPC kind of get stronger enough right. to deal with you because they feel like they need that. Like, I understand, like, if you got, like, some crazy character on your team who would murder a guard if he was, like, 10 levels higher than him, there's other ways of dealing with it. You can have, like, inquisitors. You can have, like, a, 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 like a paladin justice system that they'll come after, and they can be of adequate level. But, like, 
your guards shouldn't be able to take on your level six PCs hand to hand in one on one combat. Right. Unless this city is like at the border of some doom land and they constantly or elite force of some kind. Where yeah. they constantly, you know, unless they're like freaking the, the, the death watch from Warhammer or they're freaking on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Against the there should be no other reason for them to be that strong. The other thing is, and um, this is literally going off of that same, same, same Odin campaign, honestly. Um, bartenders, for some <laughs> reason, I keep running into bartenders that are just—they're all drunken masters. Every bartender that I run into in a tavern, for some unknown reason to me, is a drunken master. And it's not like I'm trying to pick a fight with the bartender, but like. There will be a fight in the bar, and they'll come out, and they'll just beat the dude up real quick. And I'm like, who is this bartender? (laughs) Why is he just a bartender, and why am I doing quests? If the dude washing dishes can not only, like, whoop my ass, but everybody else. Right, right. Like, just hire that guy. Yeah. He already works for you. (laughs) It's, 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 oh, it's such a, it's such a line but like all those things kind of help the story move along smoothly when you keep track of all those things. See how I'm trying to bring it back full circle. Well, so I think I think it's like quick cliff notes, I guess, for um, for for a good, for a good plot hook is whatever it is, it needs to be relevant to the players in the story, which I feel like to the story is pretty obvious to the DM, but it needs right. to be relevant to the players. Um, you also need to have it obvious mm-hmm. maybe not like blatantly in your face like with a big shining light above it that says hey this is the plot hook you need to pay attention to this but like don't try to wrap it up in some over-the-top mystery but also maybe don't make it that obvious mm-hmm. because then you do run into the fact that people do get a little bit meta with it and they're like you know maybe we shouldn't do that thing because it's pretty obvious that's what they're trying to make us do the world is trying to make us do that but the world is against them as a player um, and then the other thing is just like, like we were just talking about, don't make it scary. You can add a level of horror to it. Yeah. Or, or there should be threat. Yeah. Imminent but, threat. You can make it, let them know it's dangerous, but, but don't make it like an it's impossible impo- task. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like insurmountable. Like yeah. it shouldn't, it shouldn't look like Everest every time. Right. Th- th- that should, the Everest should be the end goal. Yeah. The Everest should be the demons already Very here. much so. Go fight a coup. Yeah, I'm saying. But the shape shifting master of darkness. Go ahead. But Sorry. but like, you know, maybe he's got generals, which are like a little bit lower level, and they've got like whoever the below yeah, them. Yeah, and you gotta take out the you gotta take you know what I mean you're you gotta, you gotta take his support by, structure away, yeah. and then by doing that you get to the big bad you know. It's Yeah. And it needs to be the the, the the quest lines and I feel like the plot hooks need to be reasonable for your players. Yeah. Cause even if you have like, you know, go into that town and steal something, but yet again, you have your guards that are leveling with me for some reason or faster than me, I guess, because I, they spent all day training. Um, yeah. They're, they're all, they're all just getting ripped. Yeah. Every yeah. guard, every guard is getting ripped. Yeah, they take Jack 3D and they just go to the gym mm-hmm. and they go out and slay a dragon every now and then for good measure and eat steaks. Um, but, but you know, if that's but if that's what you're doing, 
don't expect me as a player to go try to steal anything from them. <laughs> because of the chance yeah. of me being able to pickpocket yeah. so like, is slim to none. I'm not going to do it. Like, I hope this helps, but there's just so much when it comes to it. I, all I can say in the end is just, guys, try your best. Um, try to make it as compelling as possible. Use everything at your disposal. Like, when you're, if your characters like these kinds of things, use that to pull them in. And uh, a lot of it's trial and error. You know, some things work, some things don't. You'll get that when you, the more experienced. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it, it comes out. Not every, uh, not everything works well. And even after experience, not everything works well. Because it still can just bomb on you. That's still like a super thing that can happen. So, we're going to end our episode with a little something I uh, thought of a few weeks back. Rap battle. Uh, yes. That's what we're going to do. But instead, today... Uh-oh. We're going to, uh, I've just randomly grabbed a page out of the monster manual. So I don't know what creature it is. And we are going to give like a five minute, like, man, what would I do with this creature? So like two minutes each on what we do with the creature. Okay. In a game. And we're going to try this. As players or DMs? As DMs. Okay. 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 All right. So I picked a page. It's a Medusa. <laughs> that's that's actually not that bad. Okay, this could have been like a freaking just just a spore. <laughs> like I'm really glad it's a Medusa. So uh, anyone who doesn't know what the Medusa is, it is uh, a Morgan. Yep, and uh, snakes in the hair, uh, eyes that turn people to stone. It is a CR six, even though CR is busted, but that's another story. Um. Uh, even they even have layers and stuff like that. So, uh, go for it. A Medusa. What would you give me? Give me. A, give me a setup. Oh, I mean, for the Medusa, uh, that's a really good question. I, mean, I know. I don't usually do Medusas, so I. Ooh, yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. You don't do Medusas. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't really use them. Um, mostly because I, I feel like they don't tend to fit into my narrative. Uh huh. Um, I mean, without sitting here and re- trying to read everything, so I read kind of slow. But uh, I would probably either put them in the bottom of like a dungeon. Uh-huh. Very simple. It's, it's simplistic. But uh, dude, honestly, I would probably put them in court. I would make them some kind of royalty that is using disguise self i don't know if they have it as a yeah they don't have it as a spell i mean but they, they can be spell casters though so yeah that's not that's not I, even the thing. I, would, I would use them as disguise self and they're trying to do what they can to manipulate the courts in their favor and because they're though, intelligent beings too like they're yeah no they're definitely are but and even though they're only a cr6 i would i would throw them in i would throw them in a, in a more complex rp role than i would in just a straight in, fight in role a straight, a straight dungeon because i mean outside of outside of petrifying gaze they're not too strong and while petrifying gaze i think is extremely powerful yeah like if you pretty much uh it's like a one-shot kill pretty much well here's the thing um just to paraphrase really fast uh so it has its dc which you can adjust yourself but if you fail the dc uh three times you are stoned if you fail any time by five you are automatically stoned so if the DC yeah. is the DC is fifteen and you get a ten, you're stoned. That, that's it. But usually you get like three strike, like a three strike you're out type type deal with a Medusa. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like they'd be really good to put in like a noble's court. 
and to be slowly manipulating them. Because even, I mean, if, like, not to go off the Medusa, but if you look at hags, they have a really low CR. But they, yeah. like, eat dreams and stuff. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're, what was it, they're, they're story and theatrically terrifying even though the book doesn't really reflect their true kind of nature right. and i mean it's the same thing with the medusa i would I, like i said you know not to repeat myself over and over again i would throw them in a court i would make them some kind of manipulator or i would put them on the character side because even though they're an evil character or an evil creature they're lawful evil yeah, meaning they would they would anything they made deals with they would they would see it through, and they would follow whatever objectives. Yeah, I, I would put them. I would put them in politics. I like that. I like that idea a lot. I feel like a lot of politicians would would do well as Medusas. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. You know what? I accept that. <laughs> uh, All right, you go because you have more experience with this. Okay. So uh, I've used a Medusa once. Um, more experience. But uh, well. But what I did was I actually took this template and I essentially made what I call like a Medusa Lord. So essentially she's just, she became a high level caster. We already talked about putting spells to her and she essentially evolved. Um, This Medusa essentially had a layer of where she experimented and made other creatures type thing. Um, Her gaze, her gaze made you make all three saves right then. So when she, it was a, but it wasn't one like you're just looking at her. She could actively put her gaze on you and you had to roll until you were either flesh or stone. And then that was it. And she was actually funny enough, controlling a coven. There was a coven of hags under her. And like she had uh, what I made, like they're called like the chains of uh, binding. Um, I based them off of uh, these things called um, Suldam from the Wheel of Time series. But essentially what it was is she had like these links around her fingertips and her a bracelet that kind of connected in like a little chain. And those chains connected to creatures on the field. And while those chains were on them, she had domination over them. So like there were a bunch of different creatures in the fight that she was manipulating through domination. And like she had pretty much had like a menagerie. Like she had a freaking solar. She had a, a chain devil. She had uh, all these different types of creatures that had eventually been like kind of mentally and torturally broken to her house pets type thing. So, yeah, I mean, but like, but dude, like I said, you could do a lot with them because they are high intelligence. You give them a little casting, like they can do, they can do whatever, you know. So there it is. There's our monster for today. I like that. We're gonna do that more. We're definitely gonna do that more. So that is our episode on plot hooks and stuff. Because we went on a few tangents, but you know, if you do listen to us, that's not really surprising that we go on tangents because that's just what we do. But uh, keep on continuing to listen to us. Uh, one quick announcement. Um, I put it up in a few Facebook pages, but uh, now that I have this set up, I'm going to record uh, two sessions a month on the podcast. It's going to be its own separate podcast. It's going to be two sessions a month that I'm going to do, like two, three-hour sessions. Um, and I'm still playing with the story idea, but I'll post more as I put that stuff together. So uh, our coffee was, man, you know what? I just grabbed a bag and just poured it in. I'm thinking it was Nantucket blend, but I could be wrong. 
it's sweet like the Nantucket blend is though. So yeah, it probably sense. is because it's really sweet. And I think I put stuff in like it was the darker one. Uh, I apo- I apologize. I think when I made it, like this is way too this is way too sweet for me. Uh, this is sweeter. Than... Yeah, no, this wasn't a dark blend because even even the dark still has a bite to it. Yeah, this is just super smooth. Um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm only gonna give this cup a twelve because it was too sweet for me. I wanted I wanted a bit more of a. See, I, I I like it sweet. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll do half creamer, half sugar, Co- and a little bit of coffee in there. Oh no, man. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean I don't know what it is. I, I'm pretty sure it's but, the Nantucket. Uh, yeah, it, no, it, t- it tastes like it. Yeah. But uh, but no, I'll, for me I'd give it like a 16. Okay. Because I like it sweet. I, no, I yeah, like, yeah. I use like the amaretto and cinnamon <laughs> creamers back at my house. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just I think I just I think I just did a little too much with it with mine. I don't know. This massive cup of coffee that I warned myself about and still almost filled it up to the top. Yep. It's it's whatever. So uh, keep on listening and remember, guys, the quest never ends. Ever 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 ever. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like us, please follow us on Facebook at the DM World at nine zero two nine, or you can follow us on Twitter at DM World nine zero two nine. Thanks for your support, guys. Keep listening and remember, once again, the quest never ends.